Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where Dr. Jones teaches how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. Now let's join them for today's message. One of the things that we are accustomed to is protections. Today I'm going to talk about a protection from a foe, from an enemy that sometimes get neglected and we talk about how to fight against it, but today we're going to look at a different aspect of how to protect against this enemy and this enemy is called doubt. Today's title is Protection from Doubt. If we're truthful, we all face doubts at various moments of our lives where we have an expectation and then we run into whatever challenge it may be and we think uh, whatever I had in my head, not going to work, not going to come to pass. One of the sad things is that that is true often in our walk with Christ. That is true often in our relationship with the Lord. We can get excited, we get on fire for the Lord and then something happens and and we doubt. And we lose heart. We get scared. We retreat. Truth be told, our belief becomes questionable. I want us to examine a particular New Testament character that we don't often think of in this light. And as we walk through his story, we're going to see just how amazing it truly is that one we would think would never doubt He faces this very thing even in his life. And yes, I am speaking about John the Baptist. Yep, John the Baptist. As great as John the Baptist is, the words that Jesus used for John the Baptist of being the greatest among those who were born of women. That's that's pretty high praise from Jesus. Even like me and you face some doubts in his lifetime. John the Baptist, we talk about he's a champion. He, he, he had this purpose for his life even before he was born. God, in a miraculous way, his mother well beyond years of childbearing. His father well beyond years. They, 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 they're an old couple. Even when she was young, she wasn't able to conceive. And God says, at the proper time, I'm going to have you two come together. You both will conceive. His name will be John, and I have a call for him. His birth is very similar to a prophet that we know is Jeremiah, whom God told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born. <laughs> well, when you were in the womb, I had a purpose and a plan for you. And the reason I say this is sometimes we think Or we can be fooled in our lives to think that when we're born, we're going to create our own way. One of my encouragements is this. One thing we find out from God is he is a purposeful planner and designer. Now, I'm not saying our purpose or your purpose is going to be 
like that of John the Baptist. What I am saying, though, is God has purpose for you. And if you are one who has placed faith in Jesus Christ, he has a purpose that he is wait. He's woken up in you by the power of his Holy Spirit, and he's calling you to begin to Walk in that purpose. And I want you to see something. One of the things about this call to walk in your purpose is we see that the purpose that John the Baptist has, even before he was born, and it's repeated when he is actually born, he's a baby. His daddy is prophesying over him, over his life, based off of two, what the angel Gabriel told him he would be doing. Notice that his life and his purpose would not be to glorify himself but would be to glorify God. One of the ways God is going to use you, I guarantee you, when you're walking in your purpose, it won't be for your glory. It's going to be for his glory. John the Baptist had his purpose. And his purpose was to glorify God. But his purpose in glorifying God was that he was going to be what's called the forerunner. Of the Messiah. He was gonna be called the forerunner. Now, the reason that for well, this is how we can understand John's role. John's role in God's mission is that he's gonna take this baton and he's gonna be running it, and he is the one that's gonna be handing it off, so to speak, to Messiah. He's the forerunner. And why that's important is because there's a whole lot of confusion. During John's life, people are trying to figure out, is he the prophet we was waiting on? Is he Elijah? Is he, like, who is this guy? Everything about John's life was he was the forerunner. He was fulfilling the Malachi prophecy of Elijah to come before the Messiah. He was fulfilling this one crying out in the wilderness in Isaiah's, uh, the, the prophet Isaiah. In Mark 1, he really lays this out. He is the Elijah to come. So the anticipation is the one who comes after him is indeed the promised Messiah of the Old Testament scriptures. Man, we're talking about something major in all of human history. And John the Baptist is playing a huge part. He speaks of one to come that he's not worthy to untie sandals. He tell him, y'all think I'm great? You think God is doing something amazing through me? I got another that's coming after me that's greater. I must decrease. He must increase. Everything about him was pointing to the Lord's glory. It was pointing to Messiah. It was pointing to Jesus. Everything about him. As great as he was, I want you to think, when Jesus rolled up, you know, John had the privilege of baptizing Messiah. Jesus rolled up, he announced and said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That's in John 1, 29. Again, in John 36, he, he, John had disciples too. He had people following him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God. And that's what we see Andrew went and rolled with him and somebody else. And Andrew, Peter's brother, went to Simon Peter and introduced him to Jesus and all that that goes on there. Like John was doing some amazing things for the Lord and he was the forerunner and part of the forerunner is he was preaching a message and a baptism. His baptism was about the forgiveness of sin and cleansing for the coming kingdom. His message was repent 
from sin. Repent from your evils. Turn back to the Lord. Do justice. Do right. Love. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Give glory to God. That's basically his message. He was bold about it. He was walking in his purpose and he was bold about it. He told religious leadership. He called them hypocrites and called out their inconsistencies. His boldness even got him in more trouble. His boldness got in trouble with leadership because Herod Antipas, who was in charge in Judea, had done something foul. He had taken his brother's wife as his own. John called out his immorality. John the Baptist called out that sexual immorality. He called out that sin and said, that shouldn't be. And you know what happened in that boldness? In his boldness, he was thrown in jail. It didn't go all easy. It didn't go all nice. It didn't go all, it didn't go, you know, uh, it wasn't one of those things that sometimes people like to talk about. Hey, uh, you be bold for Jesus. You serve Jesus. You know, you do amazing things for Jesus. It's going to be all good. Sometimes the world will respond in kind. Remember, the, the world is not excited about Jesus. The, the, uh, Satan and demonic forces are all around that are opposed to the mission of God. He had John kept that fire. His commitment to Christ and him not staying silent got him thrown in jail. I'm, I'm painting this picture about purpose and walking in purpose because Staying true to the will of God and the word of God sometimes may cost us. Our boldness for Jesus may cost us and we have to ask ourselves, is Jesus worth it? Is God worth it? Is my life worth standing true and faithful to God's will and God's way. See, we all are not called to be the forerunner for Messiah. We, we are we're on the other side of Messiah's coming. You know, we're on the other side of the Christ event, the life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Messiah, Jesus, who is the Christ. We're on the other side of that. But one of the things I want us to learn from John the Baptist's story so far is that walking in his purpose was understanding what God had called him to do and being faithful to do it. Being faithful to do it. This is important. Because our faithfulness is not dependent on how well it goes for us. How many people like us, how we benefit. Our faithfulness is solely because we want to give God glory. We want to participate in what God is doing. And this does not mean every one of us. I'm not saying that you are being called to be this preacher or this pastor or this spiritual leader. What I am saying is wherever you are in your life, God 
through the name Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, because you've placed faith in Jesus, has given you a purpose that you point people to God, that you give God glory in all that you do. That you don't live to the glory and convenience. You don't live to your own glory. You don't live for your own convenience. You don't live for your own benefit. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Forever Family, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Go to daryljones.org, that's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org, to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. John stayed true. He didn't compromise God's word. He was thrown in jail and ultimately, ultimately, under Herodias' request, John ended up being beheaded. Because he stood for the truth of God, his life was taken away. I, I say this because don't buy into the lie. I, I don't want to shock you and I don't want to scare you. I don't want to scare you. But don't buy into the lie that, again, you be faithful to the Lord. It's, it's going to be all good. We don't know. What I can say is Jesus says the one who think, the one who's, who's going to save his life will lose it. And the one who loses his life for my sake will save it. So whatever God has for you. When it comes to walking in your purpose, however it goes down in this earth, know that Jesus got you. And there's nothing in this life that you lose that you won't gain 100 fold in Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was serving in God's mission. He's called me and you to serve in God's mission. But this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the rubber meets the road. Because remember I said, John the Baptist, he had this purpose. He had this call on his life before he was born. The angel told his daddy what he was going to be. He was born. His daddy prophesied. People marveled. He was full with the Holy Spirit, all these amazing things. He was a prophet of God. Jesus links him with the law and the prophets of old as Jesus is bringing in the new covenant. He is a heavyweight. And even in the midst of this, when he was in jail... And his life was on the line. Even being the one who told everybody, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. When he stood up for God and he was thrown in jail and about to be beheaded, he questioned whether Jesus was the real deal. I'm trying, I hope I'm building this up just enough. Like as, as much of a champion of the faith, John found himself in a situation where he was like, man, I don't know, Jesus, I, have I wasted my time? Have I wasted? Like, like was, I, was I looking in the wrong direction? He, he's asking, am I wrong? Why do I say that? I want you to go over to, to chapter 7 in Luke with me. He is in a state of confusion and doubt based off of what we can even ascertain to be some impatience because now he's under threat. He's acknowledged Jesus is Messiah and now 
It ain't working out like he thought it was supposed to. I am not. I've been faithful to God. I am not supposed to be in here under threat of my life. And this is something I want us to understand what Jesus shows. And this is something that I want you to grasp when it comes to protection from doubt is this. Trust God in his faithfulness. Trust God in his faithfulness. I say this because Jesus does something here where he puts on display for John's disciples for them to go pack, go report back to John that remember what God has said. Remember what the word of God has said. Remember what has been spoken. Thus says the Lord. It is here. I am here. God is faithful. See, oftentimes in life, especially in this walk with Christ, we're doing things and all of a sudden life has a way of throwing stuff at us that causes us to be in some confusion and we can stand strong for the Lord. And it's like, I know the Lord going to pull me through. But then we can reach that point where we get to the level of impatience. All right, it's been long enough. It's been long enough now. Jesus should have stepped in by now. And when he does it, we start to think, does, does Jesus not care about me? Does God not care anymore? Am I confused, man? Does, is God real? Then can I, can I trust this Bible? I mean, I've, in, I've invested so much of my life in this. Can, is any of this even worth it anymore? Life has a tendency to get us to that point. And what John the Baptist learned here. And what's communicated to us, we see Luke records this and Matthew records this account, is that Jesus proved himself to be who God said Messiah would be, even when it didn't match up with our own expectations. So we oftentimes get impatient with God because God is not living up to what we want him to do. Jesus is not doing what we want him to do. And we get mad and we pout and we stump and we rebel and we like whatever. And Jesus saying, hold on, I, I haven't changed. I'm the same. I am exactly who I said I am. I'm exactly who I said I would be. I love Jesus's response to him. He didn't send the disciples back and just say, yeah. I'm the expected one. Because they were expecting Messiah. They were expecting to come. Remember, John knew he was the forerunner. He knew that one was coming after him. He had deemed that one to be Jesus. And now, based off of his life circumstances and the threat on his own life, and in his estimation, I've done nothing wrong. I haven't sinned against the Lord. Why am I in this situation? Is Jesus who he says he is? And Jesus goes out and he starts to do all the things that the prophets said he would do. The blind receiving sight, the lame, all these different miracles. I even love when he says, the poor are told the good news. Sometimes we get, we get confused. We'd be like, oh, Jesus came to the poor and he gave them all money. No, he wasn't giving them money. What he was doing was he was sharing the gospel with them. Why was that important? Because what he was showing was the favor of God is not dependent on human circumstance. It's not that God loves the wealthy and the well-off more than the poor. He was saying, no, God loves us all equally. And he is making salvation available to all for the rich, well-off and the poor. Everyone receives the gospel. Do you believe? Do you accept? Will you repent and turn to Jesus? That's what he's saying. 
And they go back and report. And it's saying that, man, Jesus is faithful to everything he says. I maybe need to reorient my paradigms and what I think Jesus should be doing. Jesus is more concerned about the things we need than the things we want. And you know what's amazing about this story? About John's life? Because they thought Messiah was going to come. He was going to free them from Roman rule. He was going to establish the kingdom of Israel again. He was going to sit on the throne of David and Israel would run the show. Jesus came for so much more. Jesus came to save the world and not bring about the kingdom of Israel, but the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And that all humanity be reconciled unto him through the finished work of Jesus Christ for all who place faith in him. That's what Jesus came to do. You know what stinks? Let's, 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 I'm, I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to keep it real. You know what stinks about this when I read this is God's plans were so much bigger than John the Baptist's plans. God's mission was so much bigger. He wasn't concerned about meeting John's expectations. And Jesus didn't even step in and save John. Jesus was walking around doing his thing, healing people, and he allowed John to be beheaded. Sometimes God will allow something that we don't know. Why would God allow that? Well, God may have something much greater in mind when it comes to his mission. The question is, will you still serve him? Will you still believe? So we call this protection from doubt because I don't want you to doubt God. And your protection from doubt is that you continue to trust in the faithfulness of God. You continue to go to the word of God. This is going to be your protection so that when life throws some things at you, all of a sudden it's like I'm, uh, I, I may be concerned. I may be bothered. But let me tell you what's not going to happen. I'm not going to worry about it and I'm not going to doubt because God is faithful. Jesus is faithful to everything he said. Our problem is we start believing lies about God and we get mad when God doesn't do what we thought he was going to do and he never said he would do. May we stop putting words in God's mouth. God has given us his word. He has given us his standard. Don't be following. Look, quit making up stuff about God. Quit making it up. Let's go to God's word. God's word is sufficient. We don't need to add to it or take from it. Our protection is that we trust him. We got to get in that word so that when life throws some darts at us, when Satan and his demonic forces throw things at us, we're not shaking. We're not doubting God. We're not doubting Jesus said his word because we know like he is faithful and true. He has never missed a promise and he comes through on every guarantee. And whether I experience it now or in the life to come, one thing I do know is his promises are sure. And he is faithful. Even when I'm faithless, he is faithful. So if you find yourself in a season or in a position where you're starting to doubt, let's, 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 let's go back to what Jesus has already proven. What did Jesus say? Jesus, it wasn't even just talking. He was like, oh, what has he done? 
That's why it says that God loved the world like this, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. While we were yet sinners, Romans tells us he demonstrated his love. While we were yet sinners, we didn't clean ourselves up. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's in his work. It's not just in his talk. It's also in his talk and walk. He's already proven his faithfulness. So when that doubt starts to kind of speak in your ear, cast it aside. My God is faithful. My God is faithful. And I'm going to trust you and I'm going to live for you all the days of my life. John the Baptist is a hero of the faith. And yet we see he was an ordinary person like me and you. As mighty, as spirit-filled as he was, he faced a life circumstance that caused even John the Baptist to doubt. He's like me and you. I say that because while we don't have John the Baptist's call on our life, we do have a call. While we don't have the John the Baptist purpose on our life, we do have purpose. And may we remain committed to walking in that purpose. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where we learn how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.